This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Midway USA brand product designers have one straightforward goal. Develop high-quality, technically sound products and deliver them to customers at reasonable prices. If you are immersed in the shooting sports industry and pay close attention to every single detail, you know our products are built right and stand up to everyday use. Who has shooting mats and range bag systems to hunting clothing and just about everything for the outdoors? Log on and shop 24-7 with super fast shipping. MidwayUSA.com Are you guys ready to be like seriously motivated and inspired? Today's guest is Coach P. Coach Paulson, uh, wilderness athlete, founder, but also strength and conditioning coach for 35 years down in New Mexico, a stent of NFL, a thrower, a badass, a guy who loves Jesus, a guy who is just pure gold to talk to. And I just enjoy every time it is a treat to listen to him and get inspired, his wisdom. This is going to be a banger. Buckle up. Here we go. Welcome to the Oak Shape Podcast Season 6 with your host, Dan the Fitness Man. Thank you for tuning in. We are excited to have you. This is the podcast that is dedicated to hard work, disciplined decisions, and year-round training in the pursuit of the best possible version of ourselves. We leverage elk hunting to create a pathway. We understand that time is finite and we cannot squander a second. We must be leaders at our home. We understand that faith is our number one priority. Then family, then fitness, then health, then wealth. Our year-round disciplined decisions help us leave a legacy for our family to follow. You will leave here motivated, inspired, and educated. We bring on a wide variety of guests subject matter experts so that you can tune in get what you need to get and continue on your journey we are blessed to call ourselves elk hunters season six here we go we're live dude what is good and you're you're in new mexico i am back in new mexico i was in seattle the last four days and i'm back here for a week and a half and then i'm back on the road what are you doing man well you know i got all these grandchildren now dan so we're traveling around the country. I got a bunch of them in Tennessee and Arizona. And uh, and then I'm going to jump up to Minnesota and do some fishing. That's where I grew up. Yeah. Well, what was so Seattle? Were you visiting grandkids? No, that's a friend of mine. He was the head of security for Boeing. 
he just retired, and he's got a beautiful place on Puget Sound. So I went out to see that <clears throat> and uh, just just reconnect with a bunch of guys I used to coach. Okay, I see you. Yeah, man. So grandkids traveling the world, fishing, grew up in Minnesota. So when when's the best time to fish Minnesota, man? Depends what species you're after. If you uh, want to get some big pike, try to get up there right after the ice is out and they're laying in the shallows. Uh, walleyes are a little bit later. Uh, crappies are early. Panfish can be, you know, usually better in June. Uh, but unfortunately, I got to take what I can get. And it's the only chance I have to get back up there. Yeah. Yeah. What part of uh, what part of Minnesota are you from? Dan, I grew up in a town of 500 people in almost dead center Minnesota, which is the demarcation between northern timber and southern agriculture. Yeah. I like Minnesota. I've been there a few. Uh, are you a Vikings fan at the end of the day? Well, if you had to pin me down, I mean, I grew up a purple people eater. <laughs> but... but uh, I've been so disengaged from NFL for quite some time. So uh, I guess if push came to shove in the Super Bowl, if they were in it, I'd go for the Vikings. Yeah, man, there's uh, this Netflix special that follows along a couple of quarterbacks in the 2022 season. Um, I think it was kind of partly produced by Peyton Manning and they follow one of the guys that they follow the entire season is the QB for Minnesota, Kirk Cousins. Um, so, I mean, I've always liked him just because I thought he was kind of like a goofball, not really like your typical, like he's a pocket quarterback. He's not like super athletic. Got a good arm on him. After watching that documentary, I am a huge, huge Kirk Cousins fan. Let me sell you on him. And it's not why I brought you on here to chalk, up, chalk about, but we got to hit this, man. Like, Kirk Cousins uh, puts his foot down and tells every organization, I don't work on Tuesdays. Doesn't I'm not coming in. Fire me if you need to. Like, that's my day for me. And then they followed him, like, on his day off. He spends time with his wife. They walk the dogs. They hang out, drink coffee, have the morning. He's a huge nerd. He goes to the bookstore and literally picks up more books to read that week. He opens fan mail and actually handwrites letters back to kids. And I'm like... This guy's pure gold, and he's like an outspoken man of faith as well, which I really like. And you can just tell, like, he's he's kind of a nerd. His wife's kind of a nerd, but, like, they're just good human beings. After watching that, you can't help but root for the guy. And they almost made it to the big dance this last year. So I'm telling you to go watch that thing if you get a chance. No, I, I mean, I've heard great things about him as a human being. and And there's probably, truth be told, an awful lot of people that we have frowned upon based on their performance, whatever sport, who are just unbelievably decent human beings. And uh, unfortunately, we don't get to know that side of people. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure you've experienced it. Um, how you were, a, you were a strength and conditioning coach for several decades. Do you still stay in touch with some of the athletes that did make it to the NFL? Yeah, I do sporadically because they all have wives and kids and live in other parts of the country. 
but uh, I'm looking forward to a reunion that we're having. I actually, Dan, have to get out of the Elkwoods to go to this function, turn around and drive back four hours for the morning hunt. But it'll be well worth it. You know, when you coach kids for 35 years, there's a lot of kids now that have grandchildren that I coached. Yeah, man. But And you form a different bond. You know, football coaches, any coach, basketball, doesn't matter. But strength and conditioning coaches, we spend so much time with these guys. You really do get to a point where you call them friend, which is unique. Mm, yeah. Did you ever, is there a class of athletes that ever, like, looking back, you just, like, you get a group of guys together and they'll just, you tell them to run through that brick wall because it'll make them better. They don't ask questions. They, like, did you ever have just one group that stood out to you? Have you ever looked back and examined that? Yes, and, and I actually would tell you there's two two teams. And, and that's not to say there's not a ton of other high-achieving teams. Because uh, once you get it going on and there's a positive vibe in your program, you basically open the door right to program and let, let the boys go. And the upperclassmen take over. And, yeah, you're, you're moving them uh, from – movement to movement and all that but the energy that i used to have to expend no longer is necessary because the seniors provide it and there was a class in 1997 that uh they ended up going i want to say nine and two nine and three and they were just unbelievable i mean we had five dbs that went in the nfl off of one team five dbs on one team i had 27 guys bench press over 400. Certainly knowing that's not a benchmark for a great athlete, but it's a benchmark for toughness. And then in uh, uh, 2008, I had 45 guys that could clean over 300 pounds. I had 20 over 350, and I had eight you know, up in the 180 kilo range, you know, 400 pounds. The downside to that team, because they were just animals, is we didn't have a guy behind center. Mm. And that sport is so quarterback heavy. We lost our starting quarterback in the second game. And God bless the number two guy. He, he just didn't have an arm, so he ended up being a runner. So... To answer your question, Dan, those two teams were one was the one was the strongest team I ever coached, and one was the most powerful team I ever coached. And they're they're uh, uh, obviously those those kids are all fond memories for me. All right, let's geek out a little bit. Let's say you have a guy who's trained or even untrained, and you're looking for markers or indicators that they're going to be a tremendous athlete, whether it be explosivity or change of direction, acceleration, deceleration all the things, do you have a movement that you like to test as part of your pre-test? Like, i.e., is it power clean? Is it a, is it a deadlift? Is it a bench? Is it a, is it a vertical jump or max relative strength pull-ups? Like what kind of battery of tests did you like to put your athletes through? Well, you know, sometimes it's not so much I wanted. It's what the head coach demanded. And you can get head coaches that are very hands-on, even though they don't know which end of the bar to grab. <laughs> Or uh, some just give me the reins and say, you know, 
uh, this is your baby. I, I don't know anything. Some are very candid about that. So, I mean, I think for me to, to, to bring kids in, um, if, if I had to give you one answer, Dan, it would really be a, a back squat because you can check hip flexibility. You can check Achilles flexibility. You know, if you have good uh, mobility in the lower body to reach a good depth, you can pull. It's just a matter of learning how to pull. Now, if you lack that, what's, what they call in the NFL when scouts come to my office or any strength coach's office, what they're looking for is knee benders. A guy that can't bend his knees is going to have trouble playing because he stays too high and you lose what's called pad level, and it's very problematic. Guys that are good knee benders get down and um, – I don't know if it's as important important in the old line as it used to be, simply because it's such a passing dominated game, which doesn't require as much knee bending as the heavy run oriented teams. But so getting back to your question, um, that was big. You know, you could the NFL is always big on doing a 225 bench rep, not for any particular purpose other than trying to make sure someone doesn't have a real shortcoming. It's not so much that you could do 35 reps and you're going to be a great football player, but if you're a linebacker and you do three, you know, that might be a problem. Um, crazy enough though, when I went to the Browns, um, the number one, number two draft pick in the entire draft, second, uh, I forget who was first, Herschel Walker or something, but Chip Banks out of uh, USC, Unbelievable athlete. But that was really before strength programs evolved. Chip could only bench press two and a quarter, five times. And he was the most unbelievable, hell on wheels guy to block I'd ever known in my life. So it's, again, an upper body measurement. Really, you're just trying to make sure there's not somebody flying under the radar with a shoulder injury. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Um... Well, let me flip the script on you. Let's say you're a strength and conditioning coach for my audience, my elk hunting audience, because you're an elk hunter. Um, what are some tests that you'd like to put them through? They hired you. You're their strength coach. You're getting ready for elk season. What is a test or battery of tests that you'd put them through? Does it change? Is it similar? Uh, what were you looking for? What are key indicators? Well, you know, what, what you see in elk hunting, hunting in general, is you have to have a balanced body. In the world of athletics, you can be upper body dominant, you could be lower body dominant, but I have to laugh, Dan. I read an article in, a, I won't say the magazine, but a popular outdoor hunting magazine, especially out, out in the Western part and in the mountains. And a guy wrote an article who's, who's actually a friend of mine, and, uh, but he's a big guy. And he made the case that there's no such thing as too much muscle or not enough strength. And I would, I would challenge him on that, especially now having done it as many years as I have. Uh, certainly when you're young and full of oats and you've got a lot of muscle tissue on you, you can get by. But if you're going up in the mountains on sheep, you take a look at what those sheep guides look like and then tell me. You take a look at those guys that go 50 miles back in or day after day climb elevation, and I will guarantee you they're not big guys. 
so I mean, I think I think to back to your question again, uh, some of the mobility movements. Your generation, Dan, is far more advanced than mine when it comes to all the nuances of hip mobility and you know, working on things as subtle as piriformis stretches, adductor stretches, because you step over deadfall all day long. And if you don't have good adductor strength and flexibility, your life is going to be miserable. Um, so things that you can incorporate to check overall mobility. I've, I've known a lot of world-class athletes that were not necessarily flexible, um, but they were incredibly powerful. Uh, but in order to be a good outdoorsman and avoid injury, whether you're walking across screen and a foot steps out from underneath you, slides out, and all of a sudden those adductors get challenged, or you're on an elbow. I mean, you know, those things happen all the time. If a guy's going to hunt close to his car or his truck, maybe not so important. You start getting miles and miles from the trail, you better have a degree of limberness and hip mobility and shoulder mobility. So I, I would pay more attention to, uh, to, to, to those areas. Uh, it's almost a given that you have to work on, on your strength in terms of whether you're back squatting, high bar squatting, front squatting, step-ups, uh, goblet squats. Um, like at my age, we squatted so much when I was young and now I have a lot of back issues, but I can still I can still goblet squat. So you know what? You got to take what you can get. And I'll bet there's people listening to you right now that say I can't squat or I can't. There's something you can do. So find out what you can do, and design things around that. But but try not to have any weak links in your body because. During times of stress, that's what's going to get exposed. Hmm. I like that. Exposed. Because the mountain does like to expose whatever you probably don't want it to. Uh, guaranteed. The The thing that I like you said there was like, you know, there's always something you can do. What it's Don't tell me what you can't do. Flip the script and tell us what you can do, what you're willing to do. Mark, a lot of guys reach out to me that I don't know. And they, re they reach out via email or Instagram messaging, which, gosh dang it, I try to respond back to everybody. It's definitely a tall task. A lot of them are like, man, thank you. I love following your content for the motivation, the motivation, the motivation. And that puts pressure on me, man. Like, I'm not a really, I wouldn't call me a motivated dude. I would call me like more like a, a determined dude, which supersedes motivation. And as a strength and conditioning coach, you're up there in front of an audience performing day in and day out. You don't always have those key teams with the marquee older guys that can take control and you can just give them the plan and they execute. Don't get it twisted, coach. You are a performer and you're a motivator. Long segue. But I'm getting to the fact that can you speak on motivation versus determination and kind of how to balance that equation out for everyone's personal journey and heading towards their goals? Well, certainly. And um, um, I know when I spoke with you over in Arizona a while back, I, I brought up um, a phrase that has been used a lot in the coaching world. And I really don't know where it came from because coaches just steal stuff from other coaches. 
But, but what I, the point I made then is you have to decide in your life if you want to be bad, good, average, excellent, or elite. I'm not here to tell you what you want to do. You got to decide because average achievers don't hang around high achievers. That doesn't make you a bad person. But, uh, and you know, it's, it's, I always love the phrase from uh, Norman Schwarzkopf, you know, former four star general. I had this argument with our head football coach one time, and he said that a man cannot, a man who cannot motivate himself is destined to a life of mediocrity, regardless of the skills and talents he's been given. Now, so my argument with our coach was because he thought it was my job to motivate. Well, I got a thousand athletes every day. You're telling me Mark Paulson's supposed to motivate a thousand people every day. Can I inspire them? Now, this is semantics. This is just, you know, pee on the back. There's probably not much difference because I do love the inspirational part of it. And I love the motivational part of it. But I always tried to get my guys to identify what is it that you want to do? Because your job is to make yourself more valuable to this team. Oh, I love that. I love that. Yeah, you're, if you're if you're weak in the upper body, get stronger. If it's lower body, if it's if it's technique on the field, if you don't watch enough film, whatever it is, don't be a complainer, a whiner, a victim. Your job is to make yourself more valuable to your team. And and we like I told you earlier, we got it going on with guys to where we did not have any victims. We could only train four days a week, but they were coming in six days a week. On their own, they'd come in two days because that's the way I positioned it. I said, listen, you can be average. Come in four days. That's the NCAA law. Just come in four days. If I was you, I'd come in six days because I've had, I've had hundreds and hundreds of athletes come to me post-career and say they wish they would have worked harder. But I've never had one in my life tell me that they wish they wouldn't have dedicated so much time to getting better. I've never had somebody say they wish they wouldn't have slept in uh, or uh, stayed in Friday night to come and train Saturday morning. So what does that tell you? You will never regret the effort you put forth to be excellent. You may not achieve it, but you will never regret it. Mic drop. Oh, man. I got you going. That's what I wanted, Coach. I knew I'd get into there. I love that. I also love the fact that you allow them to make a choice. You explain to them their options coming in four days a week, which is the minimum requirement. Um, but you also help them entertain the idea of what would it look like if you did put forth the extra effort. Let's bring it, let's flip the script on hunters, man, because Wilderness Athlete, which you helped found it, is one of those companies that like always promoted that hunters are athletes, which I loved. I loved that caught my attention in the early days. So when it comes to my audience, which is like probably a lot of blue collar elk hunters, how can they make sure they have no regret because they're putting that extra effort? What are those actions that they're making that would qualify as these, this extra effort that you were, you were talking about? Well, that's a really good question. And let me just tell you again, uh, I would meet with freshmen every year with their parents and they would come in and I started my guys, I guess, if, if, if you ran into one of my guys, they'd probably remember this speech. But I said, greatness generally has six characteristics. Certainly there's more, but these are the six that I identified. 
And uh, number one is consistency. So whatever you're doing as an elk hunter, to get better, be consistent. If it's three days a week, five days a week, two days a week, whatever it is, you've got to be consistent. Number two, the intensity that you bring to the table. You have to, uh, I mean, there's effort and there's wasted time. And I go to gyms quite a bit and I see an awful lot of wasted time. It drives me crazy. If I had a nickel for every Smith machine hip, hip bump I saw, I'd be a millionaire. I'm like, go do something that's going to really get after. So consistency and then intensity, you got to bring it. Uh, you don't have to bring your A game every time, but it can't be an exercise in futility. Then you've got focus. You have to, when you enter a gym to train, you train. You're not talking to Billy Bob next door or, or talking to some gal on a, on a treadmill. You are there to stay focused. And that was always big on my hit parade. Um, pain threshold. As we age, you guys are a lot tougher. Now, you start getting older, your pain threshold naturally starts to decline. Your ability to withstand nausea, physical muscular pain. I'd like to tell you I'm as tough as I was when I was your age, but there's not a snowball's chance in Tucson that would be true. <laughs> you know. So you, But you do have to understand greatness, excellent, being elite, requires a degree of discomfort. And uh, so you have to work on your pain threshold. When you're packing a bull out of the backcountry, you better be a tough nut, you know? And that, that can be developed in a gym through repetitions. Not so much poundage, but through, through volume and intensity. You know, I used to love doing what's called non-locks. On squats, you, you, do, you do three non-locks where you don't fully come out of the hole, followed by a complete lock. Back and then we do sets of eight. So you do three pumps and then a lockout. Three pumps and a lockout. Your quads will be shaken. Ooh, time under tension, baby. Time under tension is exactly right. So now we got consistency, intensity, focus, pain threshold, and then you have to have a. You have to have. You have to have a. All this falls under sense of urgency, because none of us are getting any younger. And I always tell the athletes, listen. You got four years, maybe five, to make your mark, and then nobody cares about you. Okay? Now, take us elk hunters. Nobody cares about us anyway. But you have to have a sense of, you have to have a sense of urgency that simply states, how many more years am I going to get to elk hunt? Nobody guaranteed me tomorrow. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Whether you're just looking to stay warm during a hunt or need maximum concealment, the clothing you wear can make or break a hunt. At MidwayUSA.com, we understand hunting clothing has come a long way with more meticulously crafted camo patterns, advanced scent control technologies, and weatherproof options to withstand the elements. Hunters have to wait until their favorite season, but shouldn't wait on gear, which is why MidwayUSA offers super-fast shipping. When you're ready for your next system, log on to MidwayUSA.com. This podcast is brought to you by Matthews Incorporated. 
Vortex Optics, Onyx Hunt, Peaks Equipment, Kufaru International, MagView, Wilderness Athlete, Buck Knives, Crispy Hunting, Stealth Cam, Marsupial, Born Primitive, Baku, Black Ovis, and Hard Work. Back to the podcast. And God has been so good to, to each one of us and given us an opportunity to see his creation, but you have to pay the price to enjoy that environment. Otherwise you won't. How many guys, Dan, you know this, how many guys get out there? They even, a lot of people come from out east. They buy an expensive tag. Oh, they got all these grandiose ideas of killing a big bull. One day in the mountains, they're ready to go home. So what they didn't have is the sense of urgency to train when they were back east. Or I, it could be the West. I'm just saying, when you draw a good tag, baby, it's, it's game on. And then finally, it, it, you, need a, you need a vision. My vision has changed. My vision used to be to be a world-class discus thrower, then to play in the NFL. Then, to, you know, and, and it changes. But your vision, a vision is simply this. If you want to write this down. It's a picture, of the future, a picture of the future that produces passion. That's my definition. A picture of the future that produces passion. So how do you get an elk hunter off his duff? Well, he's got to find a vision for what he, what he wanted to look like. Once you know what you want it to look like, now you put the pieces together to make it happen. Without a vision, the first five don't matter because you will fall out. You won't be consistent. You won't be intense. You won't have a sense of urgency. You'll have a weak pain threshold. You'll have no focus. And all of it is because you don't have a vision for what you want to do. Now, here I am getting to be an older man, you know, seven grandchildren running around the country. My vision changes. Now I have a passion to stay fit and healthy, not only to hunt, but to introduce my grandchildren to the outdoors. <clears throat> so you see what I'm doing, Dan? I'm just trying to show you, I can't identify what your vision is. But if you don't have one, get one. Man, that's that's fire, Coach. Uh, you're killing this one today. I don't know what you put in your Wheaties, but I like it. You're, you bring this You bring this to the kitchen. Like, you bring the heat. I like it. I... I don't want to, this podcast, not about me coach, but I think you might help others understand me because you've known me a long time. And my wife will tell me all the time, including random strangers on the internet that Dan, you're so intense. You're such an intense dude. And I don't, I don't think I'm that intense, but I do think I have a very clear picture of what I want to, where I want to go, what I want to be, what I want to do. And it puts out that passion. So I wish people would like say, dude, you're a passionate dude. But I usually, for some reason, I don't like hearing that I'm so intense. Are those synonyms, like are those synonymous words or is there a difference between intense and passionate? Um, I mean, I think they're very close, but see, you used the word determination earlier. And I would tell you that your determination is tied to your vision, whether you know it or not. There are things you want to accomplish in this life. You have a servant's heart. You love to help people. 
you wake up every day thinking about, you know, which is why you were drawn to Kirk Cousins. Uh, I am at a point in my life now where I have to give back more. I've, mm. I've enjoyed coaching. I, I guess you could make the case I contributed there. But I think it's really easy to, 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 to be selfish. And I know in my lifetime, when I'm all said and done, I don't need another trophy. I don't need another big rack on the wall. I need to serve people more, people that uh, are hurting in this world, and maybe to some degree uh, help inspire them to get back on their feet, whatever it might be. But you have a servant's heart like that, Dan. And I, I think that's what really uh, is part of your vision. Well, that's cool that you that you say that, man. I do like help. I like people that want to succeed, whether or not they actually do. I guess that's that's kind of where the chips fall. But I want them to be in a position to succeed, uh, whether working with the athletes that I did, which I worked with a lot less collegiate and professional than you did. I had my fair share, but nothing like you. I, I worked with a lot of moms and dads and grandmas and grandpas in the back half of my performance. And I, I always love training. This is, sounds crazy, but I always love training two, two types of people. One, I always love training collegiate wrestlers or high school wrestlers because they're absolutely insane and they'll do anything you say and they'll bring it. And the other is like, I actually like training soccer moms uh, because it's like they're coachable. They they show up with no ego. They're they have very limited time, and it's honestly a break from their monotonous schedule to come into a gym and just focus on them for an hour. Probably the only hour in the day that they get to focus on themselves, and they show up and they're like hungry to get better and work hard. I loved training kind of like the the moms that could come in at like 10 o'clock after the kids got off to school and they only had an hour. And the, and the first couple times you train them, they're kind of like insecure and they're, they're real shy, but then they come out of their shell and um, they get great results, which is really cool. Um, and I wanted to talk to you about results from all my hunting, uh, all the hunters that listen to this podcast that are going to want to get results, coach, in the mountains but they don't realize that when you're hunting, it's more or less you're playing the game of recovery, but you don't have all the tools necessary to recover. You do not get eight to 10 hours of sleep in your bed. You do not get a home cooked meal at night. You don't get to unwind. You don't have any creature comforts whatsoever. And you're honestly a foreign person. You're in a foreign country called the backcountry. And you are like you are literally just a guest. You're a visitor. You have no home field advantage. So performance, ways to improve performance in the backcountry. We can come at it from obviously a performance nutrition angle, which I want you to address, but other items as well. We're talking about recovery. Well, you know, I love uh, recovery is a is an area that is not given much attention. And that is an absolute tragedy because you can only hunt as hard as you recover. Mm. And like I mentioned with some of the earlier folks that come out here, if you don't have, uh, make the right steps to recover, you're in trouble. Have you ever watched the tennis players these days, Dan? They have elevated their game because they're such, I mean, they've always been good, but these cats today are un 
believable. But you notice when they come off the court, the first thing they do is they grab either a gel or some fluid with some electrolyte or a banana. But every changeover, they're paying attention to what amounts to their blood sugar. Yep. They're paying attention to keeping, because it might be a five-set match, which can go four and a half hours. And that's a bit extreme example, but hunters come back to base camp and then they sit in the lawn chair or on the ground or something, and they don't take care of the little things. Elite people take care of the little things. So get back, um, get hydrated, get some calories in you so that those glycogen stores can be replenished, then sit down in a chair around the fire. Um, so there's a lot of things you can do um, along the lines of nutrition with multivitamins and, and uh, again, again, electrolyte powdered products like what we have at WA, a lot of things. And I always tell people, don't ever do anything at a competition that you don't do in your training. And so why, why would you just take our products into the field and not use them during your training sessions? That makes no sense to me. Certainly, if you have no choice, is it going to benefit you? Absolutely. But you want to know how your body's going to respond. So that's one of, one of the things in terms of recovery and sleep. I used to sit around the campfire, talk in, get to bed at 11. You get up early. I can't do that anymore. And we now know that sleep is the most significant recovery modality without even a close second. There's not a close second. So give your body the nutrients. Get in that rack. One thing about Chris Denham, he's amazing. At his age, the way he motors through the mountains. But I'll guarantee you, you show up at our camp between noon and 2 o'clock, and that brother is sleeping. He That's gets awesome. his recovery in. Okay, so I a couple things I want to side note on that. Side note number one is like build a routine that you can kind of get into the groove for your hunts when you get back to the truck, if you're truck hunting or base camp trucking. I think um, for me, my routine is the soon as I get back, I, I obviously I mix up hydrate recover. Uh, I got an abundance of water and hydrate recover at my truck. And I just drink one and I don't care if I just had some an hour prior. Like I just, the first thing I do is I pound about 16 ounces with hydrate recover. Then I'll start boiling water for like a, like some sort of freeze dried peak performance or peak refuel, whatever. Then, you know what I do is I empty out all my trash out of my backpack. I replenish all my water in my backpack. I swap out any gear that I need to, and I get my pack ready for the next day because I have learned that mornings cannot be squandered as an elk hunter. You can never be late. You are literally like, why would you be late to Christmas morning? And that's what elk hunting is to me every day is Christmas morning. I am excited to be there and give it my all. I know that it's slipping through my fingers and it'll be gone. It'll be another 11 months. Um, so I, I wanted just to add that in there is guys, get yourself a get back to camp routine. Don't just sit in the lounge like coach said and ha crack a beer and man, and just, that was a hard day of hunting. Great. Your job's not done. You can do that. I'd say after you've replenished, 
got your pack ready, got your gear lined out for the day, rehydrated and ready to go. Let's move into, because you do partly own Wilderness Athlete, you got to talk to us about what products would you like to highlight from Wilderness Athlete. This is the time your folks are going to probably move from a tub to the trail packs uh, or the good life is what I actually just ordered today. I ordered, you know, 35 days worth of the good life. And we could talk about that because that's just easy for me to do when I'm hunting. So let's break those down for us, coach. Yeah. Well, without getting overly technical because everybody has unique characteristics physiologically, but on balance, our hydrate and recover is probably number one. And most people probably don't know, you know, there's the, there are so many new hydration companies on the market. I know. And they're all designed in a good way to help the body recover lost electrolytes and, and fluid just by virtue of putting it in there in, in water. But that's fine. What, what we have done that no one has done, no one's even followed suit, is we also deal with recovery because of the branch chain amino acids in it. I don't know of a single recovery hydration that has BCAAs in it. And that's becoming, the science continues to come out. Uh, now, is it enough, you know, to put on muscle? No. It's just designed to get you back to snuff from the morning. Uh, then uh, we also have some cognitive components in there with glutamine that helps support not only muscle, but brain function. It's brain food. So when people take a Superman where they mix energy and focus with the hydration, there's a reason their brain functions better. We're feeding the brain as well as feeding the body. And then, uh, and then uh, finally, with our hydration, we, we're, we are really proud of the fact that the, the BCAs in there also support long-term uh, muscle physiology because all of us are going to experience some degree of sarcopenia. And you want to maintain your muscle. Now, back to your question. So hydration, energy, and focus tend to be mainstays only because fatigue makes cowards of us all. And you got this wonderful tag. And after day one, you got, got no juice. Well, you knock back. I, I usually mix up a Superman in my tent so that when my alarm goes off, I'm not out of my tent right away. The first thing I do is I prehydrate my body. You really realize how much better you will feel if you get 16 ounces of fluid in before you leave camp. Whether you put our product in there or not, 16 ounces of fluid will go a long ways toward feeling better. Um, I'm, I'm not a guy that likes to eat much in the morning. I like to have one of our meal replacement shakes because of the balanced uh, macronutrients in there, as well as the fiber. Um, I only add about 10 ounces of water, so I'm not waterlogged. But, but my routine is not one where I get up and eat a big breakfast, which a lot of people like to do. Uh, but the majority of archery hunters I'm around, they might have a little bit of oatmeal. We have our packout bars, which were an unbelievable balance of proteins and healthy fats designed for satiety in the field. You should have a couple of those in your pack. If you don't want to do a shake, eat one of those as soon as you are done with your Superman or your hydration. Um, some people like to bring more into the field. Uh, I mean, some people are super dedicated, but I understand the guy that's 
just trying to maintain himself and, uh, and, and is willing to put his toes in the water and take a hydration, energy, a bar. I would tell you that we have a very high absorption multivitamin. There's a lot of good multivitamins in the market. There's a lot of bad multivitamins. But to take one serving a day, which is three tablets, to put back the trace minerals and all the things that you're going to go through. Again, the, the question about elk hunting is how can we make you feel physically and mentally as good as we can for a full duration of a hunt? How do we do that? Well, you've you got to pay attention is how you do that. Yeah. Um, you know, so, so those are the things I would be key, really keen on uh, as far as taking into the field. Yeah. There's, I would say the good stuff for me, it's it, the packaging is really convenient for hunting. Yeah. The, the good stuff, Dan, you're right. Because it also includes the, the high quality omega-3 fish oils and a probiotic. So you yeah. got digestive health. So you're 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 absolutely right. That is far more convenient than taking, you know, prepacking some multivitamins. Just get it. Just get a month supply of uh, of uh, the good stuff. Yeah, and then honestly, there's some guys that have a tough time falling asleep in the backcountry. Um, I even know a good friend who takes uh, Tylenol PM every night, and I'm like, dude, he says he can't sleep without it. And I'm just like. Have you ever tried Wilderness Athlete Unplug? Like, you literally could, or at ease, one of those two just to kind of help get that get into that sleep faster. And um, there are a lot of guys that struggle with sleeping in a tent or on the ground or in a cot or in a backcountry shelter. Um, what, what do you have to say about maybe taking one of those two products in the backcountry for just aiding in sleep? Well, I, again, I think for the person that's looking – now you're talking about the elite hunter. Yes. Of which I love, you know. But the elite hunter would pay attention not only to those products you mentioned, which are great suggestions, but uh, our Midnight Build, which has the arginine in it and the magnesium in it for uh, advanced. You know, there's so many nitric oxide products on the market. We've had one out for yeah. years and years. One thing that's really underlooked is magnesium because you know, as you get older and you work as hard as you do because you're caught up in the emotion of the event, when you get back in that tent and you flex your hamstring and bada bing, you're screaming. Oh, yeah. And in most cases, that's a lack of magnesium. So that's in our hydration product as well as our, you know, uh, midnight build. So, um, yeah, those are additions. I mean, I think you basically um, – it, it, it really, you have to look at your own level of, of uh, vision and drive and achievement and what you want. And elitism, I guess, if you want to call it that. What are you willing to invest? Because anymore, Dan, like in New Mexico, I can't draw a tag to save my life. So Man. when you do draw a tag, you better be all in because you don't know when you're getting another tag. It's the truth, especially New Mexico with the way they do their things. Um, so you did draw this year, huh? Well, I, I, I did not, but I, I've got an antelope tag, and I am going to be calling for my son. So okay. anytime I'm in the, the backcountry, I'm a happy clam. 
Do I have to kill another big bull or bull in my life to enjoy it? No, but I will be in the woods with somebody. And then I'm guiding a hunter. I've got my guide certification and work for a first class man. And uh, I'm guiding a hunter in the Gila in November. So, uh, and then I will buy a couple over-the-counter cow tags for my wife and I just to put meat in our freezer. So I'm fortunate like that. I've been here 35 years. I know enough people. Uh, now they're getting more more for cow tags. Don't kid yourself. But uh, but I will be in the back country with my son, uh, loving life and listening to Bugle scream. Oh, that's awesome, man. How, how old's your boy now? Jesse is going on uh, 34, and he's killed more big bulls than I have. Uh-oh. Uh-oh that's that's awesome. because I'm a better caller. I'm a better caller than him, and he's a better archer than me. So uh, <laughs> last year I had a monster at about a 80 yards that hung up, and he, he didn't have enough experience to try to pull that bull down because uh, the, the cow call was right at the bull. Oh, no. And that bull's going, I should have seen something. And yeah. I'm not seeing something. So, see, he's a young guy, and uh, he'll learn those tricks of the trade. Mm, that's awesome that you're calling for your boy. My dad, I, t- I sell him out on this podcast all the time, love him to death. He can make enough elk sounds to hold his own, but he is not the kind of guy that would ever practice elk calling and... He so he doesn't. Uh, when we hunted together back in the day, like he, I was always the caller, he was always the shooter. Uh, and so we always kind of had that like ongoing ribbing, yeah, dude. Um, when are you gonna call for me type thing? But it's so much fun to be the caller that I would even say it, it might even almost almost rival being the shooter a little bit just because you're playing the game and we all love playing the game, right? Dan, I had a bull two years ago with my son. And we were on a logging road. I had I had I had had probably six bulls in one canyon, and I was hoarse. I was responding every twenty seconds. These bulls were going crazy, and uh, finally, this bull comes up. We see him coming. He steps up on the logging road, not fifteen feet from my son. Now it was a, it was a five by five that he didn't want to kill right there. But man, was that a blast to your point. I had more fun. We will remember that setup the rest of our lives. Yeah, that's priceless, man. Well, I'm so glad to catch up with you, Coach. You probably won't ever even know how much respect I have for you and appreciate your friendship throughout the years. Thanks for taking the time to come on the podcast, spit some fire, speak the truth, and get us all going because it's crunch time, baby. Well, yes, it is. And I, yeah, I, I can leave you with a, a, a phrase. First of all, there's a couple of things I, I'll never forget. Um, a guy told me this one time, and he said something like, forget about the piss ants and the petunias while the elephants are going through the watermelon. But I'll never forget things are made. And the other one I want to leave you with is on wisdom. There's a phrase, if I can remember this, it says, Wisdom starts with frequent and assiduous questioning. For by doubting, we are led to inquiry, and inquiry leads you to the truth. So be a doubting person all day long, but then make sure you have the guts to follow it to the truth. And that's what I'll leave. Well, Coach, those are good words. We will definitely seek the truth. Uh, 
and the truth will be found this September if you put the work in, have a little lady luck, give it all you got. Guys, I appreciate your support. This is Coach Paulson from Wilderness Athlete, good friend of mine. And guys, remember, separations in the preparation. We'll catch you on the next one. And I got to, I got to, again, also something I heard the other day. I want to leave you with that the difference between being religious and being a Christian, a religious person has to do. A Christian, it's already done. That really defines the two. Do versus done. There's nothing you and I can do to get any closer to Christ. It's already been done, my friend. So I'm glad you and I are both headed in the same direction. Yeah, that's that makes me smile, man. Uh, thanks for sharing that. I appreciate that. You bet, Dan. You and your wife have a wonderful night. Coach P, thanks again for coming on, man. You are salt of the earth. I love you to death, brother. And uh, I hope you call a really big bull in for your son. And I hope you enjoy your reunion. Thanks for coming on, guys. Wilderness Athlete Discount Code ElkShape2023. Load up. Get to going. Best of luck this season. It is September. I've been waiting all year for this. Don't squander a second. Separations in the preparation. We'll catch you on the next one. At the end of every podcast, I'm going to rattle off some discount codes if you're in the market to save some loot. Support the cast. Here we go. Vortex Optics. Go to eurooptic.com. Discount code ELK10 takes 10% off. Vortex Wear, 20% off any of their apparel. Discount code is ELKSHAPE. On X Elite Membership. Discount code ELKSHAPE, 20% off. Become an elite member. It's a no-brainer. Peaks Equip. We're talking gators, tripods, headlamps, shelters, and more to come. Discount code ELKSHAPE, 10% off. MagView digiscoping 10% off the s1b1 made in america lifetime warranty wilderness athlete discount code is elk shape 2023 20% off look up the elk shape stacks link in the show notes stealth cam 20% off non-cellular the discount code is elk shape 20 and 10% off cellular get the deceptor discount code elk shape 10 back your e-bike discount code elk shape 300 off blackovas.com anything under the sun elk shape is 10% off plus free shipping sheet feet 10% off discount code elk shape fatty meat sticks 10% off discount code elk hunter all one word crossover symmetry 20% off bulletproof your shoulders discount code elk shape and finally canvas cutter it's what i use i spend 30 nights a year in discount code elk shape takes 10% off you guys have a great rest of your week we'll catch you next week take care